Welcome to the Valley View Podcast. My name is Caleb Chamberlain, and I'm the pastor here at Valley View Church. We are so grateful that you are joining our church family as we pursue the Lord's heart and His plan for all of us. It is our desire to grow, and we are excited that you get to join us in this adventure. So grab your Bible and prepare your heart to seek God's face and all that He has in store. You know, I feel depressed. I feel just under this huge weight of oppression. I, oh, wow, me and my, my family are not getting along. My, or my friends were not getting along, and there's something going on here. Then, then you, start forgetting, you start forgetting how to rejoice. That's, that's hard to rejoice for. How do you rejoice when things are going awful? How do you rejoice when you see death, when you see injury, um, persecution, or lack, or pro- poverty? How do you begin to walk through this and say, rejoice in that? But he's like, no, rejoice. Rejoice again, I say, rejoice. When I see trials, I, I mean, really, when you see death, when you see loss and, and injury and these things, they're trials, right? They're trials and they're, I mean, sometimes they're, they're challenges. It's, it's things to overcome. And, and when we look at these, when we face these trials and these heartaches, we can see ourselves in two different ways. Um, we really can. We can see ourselves as either A, we're a victim with no choice. We're just, we're just, the world's beating me up. You don't understand. I'm a victim. This is all just coming at me. I've lost this person. This is going on. Victim, victim, victim. And you have no choice in the matter, right? You could see yourself as that. We could look at all the hurt, the loss, and become a victim of them and walk in fear and rejection. Or we can become a victor with a purposeful choice. It doesn't mean these things won't happen to you. This means we can look at these moments in life as a moment to choose what we will do in that moment. We can find ourselves at a loss, to, tossed to and fro, or we can find ourselves with an anchor in the storm. Man, I think that's just such an important thing for me because it is, as you get older, and I know you guys have experienced it, Thanksgiving and Christmas don't feel the same as they used to when you were a kid, right? You've a lot different. Things have changed. And, you know, even just from a, a year to another year, like if you lost somebody, Christmas and Thanksgiving feel a lot different. People have come in your life or, you know, there's these people that have anger towards you and you have to be in the same room with them. And like, those are like my family. I'm like, I love my family, but there's been some years back in, back in the day where 
it was hard. I remember I didn't talk with one of my sisters for, man, for years. And it wasn't because I was trying to ignore her and she was trying. We just didn't talk. We were just, it was uncomfortable. We would not approach each other. And it's kind of hard because, you know, at that point, I mean, there's 12, you know, you have nine sisters and you're kind of in the same room a lot. We just never talk. And that was just, and we knew it. We knew it was uncomfortable and it made Christmas feel different. You know, it made celebrations and family time feel weird and strange. And so we can either say, man, I'm just a victim. I'm just, there's not, this is just, this is my lot in life. This is where we are. I'm a victim. Or I can say, Lord, how can I rejoice? How can I come to you and say, how do I rejoice in this? When I lost my mom, it was Christmas changed so much. It was so different. I'm like, okay, Lord, how do I give thanks? My birthday means a whole different thing than it used to mean. My birthday is the day right before my mom passed. So my birthday is forever next to my mom's passing. But I always try to, so I'm like, Lord, how do I transform that into rejoicing? So I want to look at these things because if we look at ourselves as either a victim or a victor, the, the outcome is so different. Our choices are so different. We actually have a choice to do something in that. So I, just point number one. This is, it's pretty short. They've got only two points this week. Thanksgiving triumphs the power of fear and anxiety. Thanksgiving triumphs the power of fear and anxiety. It's, we have, and this is why in Philippians 4, 4 through 9, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Did you get it? Did you hear me the first time? Rejoice always. Why? He's talking through this. He let, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, rejoicing to the Lord, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I'm just going to focus on this for a minute because it's so important. He's, he's saying, rejoice, give thanks, look at the Lord, give thanks for him. Like when you're, you've lost someone or someone's angry or someone sued you, like how do I rejoice in that? How do, what do I go to? Like, because I can either keep looking at the sick, cir- awful circumstance, awful situation, which again, doesn't change anything. I wish we could wish our problems away, but we can't. The problems are still there. If we keep looking at hard long enough, I always kind of laugh. If you ever watch, if you watch The Office, which some of us have, um, there's this episode where just the, the, the manager's trying to think through. He's like, if I could just think through this whole thing, if I could just think through every avenue and that avenue and this avenue. And reality is he's getting nowhere with his conversation. He's just procrastinating the inevitable. He's trying to figure out how to fix it. There is no fixing it. The problem is still there. The reality is like, Lord, if I could just think through this whole thing. He's like, no, present your request to me. Give thanks because praise God, I can bring this to my Lord in prayer. I can praise the Lord. I can say, Lord, when my mom passed away, I can give thanks to you because Lord, you were with me in that room. You were with me. Man, when me and my sister weren't estranged, you were able to talk to me and share the problem that I had in me, and you revealed that nature, and you were able to to bring me to a place of repentance and love. Man, praise God for that. So I I go to that place of like, Lord, I give thanks to you because you are good. I don't like this circumstance, but I can go to you, and I, I can bring anything to you. Because we not, he's saying, do not be anxious. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Because when we, 
You know those people who are going through some tough things. They're a little tough. They're not very gentle. They're very stern, hardened. They're letting things get to them. They're letting the circumstances hurt them and harm them in so many ways. But he's like, no, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. You can remain gentle. You do not need to be closed up and just can't stand it. He's like, no, don't be anxious. Let it go. Give it to me. Every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, not without, with thanksgiving. Present your request to God in the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. It will come in with all, without understanding. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Man, this is so important that we guard our hearts and our minds. It talks so often. Jesus covers it so many times. Guard your eyes. Guard your hearts. Guard it. Let me guard it for you because you can't do it. So look at me and I'll guard it. Give it to me and I'll guard it. I'll protect you. And that's what we do. We take it to him. And I love this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Man, he's setting the tone of the things we should be fixing our eyes on. He's like, because like, yeah, I mean, the reality is, yes, our government's the way it's going to be. Our nation's the way it's going to be. Persecution is what it's going to be. It is really that. It is not going to change because we worried about it enough. He's like, no, instead of fixing your eyes on like, well, God, why don't you fix this? God, why don't you fix that? It's like, no, present, look at me. Say, God, you are good. You're faithful. Your promises are this. This is who you are. This is your word. I'm going to start looking at whatever is pure. I'm going to start looking at whatever is noble and true. This is Jesus. He's saying, look at me. Focus on me. Whatever is right, whatever is pure, lovely, admirable. Man, those things, those characteristics of God, look at him because he's saying, look at me. Stop looking at your circumstance. Give thanks because I'm with you. I'm the God who spoke life into existence. I'm with you. And whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Put that into practice. So when we take captive every thought and place it before God, we give him every hurt, every wound. Okay, hold on. I'm just, I'm, we'll like take a pulse. Does anybody, has anybody been hurt by somebody? Hold on. I should say 100% because like, seriously, you're a human. Okay. We've all been hurt, all right? Okay. We have wounds. Who's, like, have you endured a, not a physical wound, maybe you've had a physical wound, but like a, 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 a relational wound. Has anybody had a relational wound? We've all had it. How many have had ample opportunity to be hurt? Who's been hurt by, I mean, I think I've already asked it. Has there been tragedy? Who's had tragedy in your life? Okay, great. Praise God. We're all in the same boat. See, when we take these things, these hurts, these wounds, these opportunities, because man, praise God, it's true. It's the truth. Everyone hurts everyone because we're all hurt and broken and sinful. We do that. That's the reality. Now, I can either be mad that people hurt people, or I can look to God who does not hurt people. He provokes, he, he builds them up, he tears them down and restores them into the place they're called to be. But man, if we keep looking at the ones who keep wounding us, by God, we're going to be messed. We're going to be awful. But he's like, no, take this. 
Take your tragedies, take your wounds, take these things because you can't clean them, you can't fix them, you can't restore them. When we take them to him, this brings us to a place of thanksgiving because he truly takes it and he brings beauty out of the ashes. Now it may take some years to to see the beauty out of it, right? It may take some time. It doesn't mean his instantaneous beautification. He's like, okay, you gave it to me, now praise God right now. Praise him, say, Lord, I gave it to you. Thank you, Lord, that I can give it to you and it's no longer mine. I don't have to hold on to this anymore. It's yours. Praise God because I don't have to worry about this anymore. It's yours. It's yours. And you're going to do this because I, you said, give it to me. Bear my, I bear your burdens. You're my intercessor. I take it to you and you can do all things. But when we take it upon ourselves, we let these things crush us. We become the victim again. We let them crush us, letting uh, the fear sink in. We let, it sinks us deep, and that hurt takes root in our heart. Man, he's like, no, give thanks. Look at the Lord. Give him all the things that you're worried about. But when we come to God, give him our everything. Holy Spirit, our comforter, brings peace, peace that just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, and it guards our hearts. I know that there's moments where it didn't make sense. I know I've had, I've brought, been brought to repentance because I'm like, Lord, I know my part in these circumstances or my relationships. And I know when I've done right was when I apologized and repented for everything I took part in it. Relationships like my family or my friends, I know I've done things to hurt them. I just know. He brings it to mind. He's like, because I'm mad at them. I'm mad at them. I'm like, oh, they've done this to me. And he's like, and this is what I love about God. He's like, but what about, what have you done to them? Because it takes two to tango, right? We've done something. We've, we've had a place to play here. What about unforgiveness? What about that? He's like, man. He's like, so what? Yes, they hurt you, but you're not forgiving them. But you hurt them too. But I'm hurting them without them knowing it. Like my, I, I just love this. He's like, he reminded me of my, my circumstance with, man, my sister. I love her so much, and I love what God's been doing in her heart. I'm praying, I just, I love, but there was a part where we were not, we were not getting along. We did not talk for, I would say three years. That's a long time when you're just hanging out together. Like, hey, you don't even say hi. It's just awkward. It's really uncomfortable. And I know you guys have had those circumstances in your lives. It's uncomfortable. And I realized he's like, God was like, because I was mad. It's like, God, why can't this person just, why can't she change? Why can't this happen? Why can't this, why can't, what's wrong with her? You know, that was my attitude. And he's like, what about your forgiveness? Have you forgiven her for how she's truly hurt you? Did you let that go? Did you give it to me? Did you surrender that? I'm like, well, it'd be nice if she apologized. <laughs> you know, that was my attitude. He's like, no, but here's it. And he gave me a picture because you've probably seen this tracks where you see one side, you know, you're, we're separated by sin, right? He's like, here's the sinner. They're on this ledge and there's Jesus, God, the father, and we want to encounter him. We want to be in relationships, but there's this divide. We cannot cross it. And then there's the cross that comes and that brings, bridges the gap. I've, have you seen that before? Am I, I, I know I've seen Okay. I've seen it. Hopefully you got the picture in your head. So he's like, but here's, he's like, you know, Caleb, can I tell you where you are in this picture? You're that idiot in the middle of the bridge blocking the way. I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, you want your, your forgiveness, your level of love for her because you haven't forgiven her. You are holding her back from true encounter. Like, I had a part to play, so I repented. Now, it's up to him to do the work, and he's doing the work, but it's up to me to, let, to forgive. So he said, give it to me. Give it to me. 
Repent. Give it to me. I'll take care of it. You don't even need to make it all this thing. You just need to guard your heart. Um, it talks about Proverbs 4.23. I mean, the God of all wisdom gave Solomon wisdom. And this is wisdom right here. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Man, he said, guard your heart. It's not something to be taken lightly. We don't want anything to take root in our heart. We want to make sure to keep our hearts pure before the Lord. When we allow pain to create a bitter root in our heart, when we fail to take our pain, our burdens to God, this root begins to grow. And that root of bitterness will choke us, it will blind us, and it will cut us off from encountering God's goodness. We don't want that. Instead, as I'll read later, we take captive these thoughts. We present our troubles to him. Give him praise and thanksgiving, and he in turn will guard your heart. He will bring peace to you. 1 Thessalonians 5, 8 through 24. What's that? Not your physical heart. Yeah, that's, that's important to know. Yeah, it's not, it's not your, 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 your fleshy heart. It's your heart that God has given you, the, the mind, will, and emotions that all wrapped up. He said, guard those things because your emotions are not good masters. They're not good masters. We, we fall victim to that. He's like, no, guard your emotions. Guard your, your thought life. Guard those things. That's good. I thank you, Dima, for pointing that out. That's good to point out. First uh, Thessalonians 5, 8 through 24. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate in the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them to the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak and be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. This right here, rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. It talks about more. It's do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. It talks about this. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. And may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. He will do it. He will sanctify you. He will fill you with peace. The God of peace will sanctify you through and through. He's saying, Pray always, rejoice always, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will. Again, Thanksgiving isn't about a feel good in one day. He's like, no, this is your lifestyle. Give thanks always. Because when we focus on the hard, the hard things, the rough things, the things that hurt us, the root, the bitterness, man, it takes away so much. But God's like, no, look at me. Here's the music. <laughs> I was like, like, am I playing music? I don't think we're playing music. No, the kids must be having a good time down there. 
No, but it's just that's the heart. That might's my heart. Does that do? Does it resonate with that? Does it resonate with you all? I mean, it's it's hard. Do we? Ha- Who of us are like struggling with this right now? This idea of rejoicing always. Yeah, it's a hard one, especially as people are people and they really make you mad. <laughs> really make you, they really get under your skin. There's some, some people that are experts at like, just, man, like, Lord, why did you bring them along here? Okay. But he's like, no, look at me. Stop looking at them. See what God I've yet to produce in you. So second point, if I can get this thing going here. Okay. There we go. There we go. Uh, Thanksgiving isn't conditional. Because I think that's what we like to think. Like, I'm, I'm just, I want to make sure we don't have conditions for when we thanks, give thanks to the Lord. Because like, I say, when we're feeling good, give thanks. Of course, I'm, things are going great. My car's running really well right now. House is paid off. This is good. Give thanks to the Lord. Yes, obviously, give thanks. But what about when the flip side, when it's not, your car isn't paid off and it's actually broken on the side of the road, when you have problems and, I mean, this morning, when you ha- your battery isn't running, like, oh, like, Lord, how do I give thanks in this situation? Because when is all times? It says at all times in every circumstance. Is that all the time? Or does that mean, like, most of the time? All, all the time. Okay. Just double check. We're like, okay, just that way we're in agreement. Like, when things are going well or, like, what about through trials or famine and persecution? Because, I mean, like, really, we have not endured that yet. But at the slightest bit of some uncomfortability, I am, again, this is just God revealing it to myself. He's like, man, when I, the pressures of life just squeeze you on, on you a little bit, like, ah, you know, like, the things start coming out. He's like, no, but guard your heart. You start panicking. You start getting mad. You get so irritated that people, you react. He's like, no, but here's the reality. You have not looked at me. You've, not, you've, you've chosen to be a victim of your circumstance, not a victor, and seek, seeking my ways in the situation. Give it to God. Give it to him, yes. Every time. All means all the time. Present your sorrow to the one who, gives, who knows your heart and your pain, and he will give you rest. He will give you peace. And give thanks to the one who can do all this, who carries your heart well. Right? Colossians 3, 1 through 17. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died. Your life is now hidden with Christ and and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, whether it be sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. And you used to walk in these, these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, gossip, uh, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have, been, you have taken off your old self with its practices and you have put on your new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of its creator. Oh, here, that's the next pastor, sorry. So that's, man, that, just enough, like, like just going through it, like, Lord, set your mind, fix your eyes on the things that are of God. That is so hard to do when life hits you so fast. 
Like I, I'm just, I'm just imagine. So I'm, I know this is a kind of, I feel like a weighty, but also, man, Lord, let this be a rejoiceful thing. Like this feels like so weighty. I don't know this, this, this teaching. I, I feel like it would be weighty because in all things means in the wor- Like when we think about in all things, we think of the worst times. Like man, that's the hardest time. But Lord, He's just so faithful, isn't He? Good, isn't He? Kind. He's saying, just put them up. Yeah. I think too that if we can. Here, hold on, Mega. I know Kathy and Penny are watching, so I gotta get them. If we can practice doing that mm-hmm. when we have, I guess maybe what I'd say, little troubles, yeah, like maybe a car broke down or something like that. If you can practice this and learn to do this, then, yeah. then when the bigger storms in life come, you'll be more prepared mm-hmm. to be able to do that as well. I knew a guy one time who was very. Um, I don't know if you want to say religious, but he was very close to God. And anything that happened to him, he could always see the bright side of it. Mm. And I thought, at the time, I thought it was funny. The guy was on the way to meet me. His car overheated on the side of the road. He stopped and let it cool down. He was coming from Indianapolis to Dayton. Got it started back up, pulled in our driveway, came in the house. My husband said, hey, Ron, I think your car's on fire. Ron goes out there. My husband had lifted the hood. Total flames coming out. And he goes, wow, how lucky I was to make it here. God sent rain because it was raining that day. That made his car cool enough to make it to our house where it caught on fire, where my husband had a fire extinguisher in the garage. (laughs) He was able to put it out. And then he was able to stay with us for a couple days to get his car fixed, and then we got a trailer and took him back home. He was so thankful Mm. that he goes, wow, this could have been terrible. I could have burned up on the highway. It could have been this, that. He he found he was thankful in all of that, Mm. where most of us would just be crushed and upset. Mm. And, I mean, we kind of made fun of him a little bit. You know, this guy, he's thankful and everything, you know. Oh. He can see the good side of everything. But boy, to be like that, how great it would be. Yeah. How great that would be. Man, yeah. So I think that brings up a good point because, I mean, one of the points I think I might have it on my notes, but like just Thanksgiving is a spiritual discipline. Like, you know, we think about prayer, we think about Thanksgiving, he's like, but also in that same vein, give thanks. Rejoice always. That's a spiritual discipline. Taking to the Lord. Like, it's not, and it's, and to distinguish, like, it's not been just being positive. It's not like positive thinking is going to save you because it's really not. It's like, no, but when you think, Lord, thank you that you did this, you provided this. And even in the hard things, like, Lord, thank you for your, your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, that you're present with me while we were dealing with this circumstance. Lord, thank you that you heard me. You were with me. You comforted me. That you brought peace. And, and you just look for the things. And I, there was like, I forget, there's a, I think, is it Shana Nequest? Like, uh, she has like this book, 10,000, um, I think 10,000 reasons like to give things. She actually was like, my goal is to write things I'm thankful for. Thank, thankful for 10,000 things. And at first it seemed like, oh, this is, we're on a roll. But as you go along, you're like, oh, it's getting harder to find. But then she's like, then it became fun. It became, ooh, what can I find? The little things in life, like what God's doing. And so she's like, just have a heart of thanksgiving, a heart of, heart of gratitude, like giving thanks to the Lord for everything, even the hard things. But it is to put it into practice now at all times. Because like when we practice it, we, 
it will come. It will rise up. It will produce fruit because we're looking at him in all circumstances. That's good. I love that. Yeah, because we're looking at, we're not, no fear. Let the peace of God rule your hearts. Not fear, not circumstances, but the peace of Christ. Let that rule your heart. I'm trying to think, where's that verse? I was, I was looking through, because as I was reading, yes, verse 15. Um, I guess I went a little too far. Maybe, maybe I bumped a button. Oh, now we're going backwards. Okay, here we go. There we go. We're getting closer. We're getting closer. Okay, there we go. We're there. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to be called to peace and be thankful. Man, let it rule your heart. Let it rule your heart. Like that, I think that's let the peace of Christ rule your heart. Let it soak. Let it be the focal point. Let God's word, his ways be the one that fo- centers your heart. Let's see here. Sorry, I lost my place a little bit here because I, ha- I think I went too far. That's okay. And let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. I love this. As you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Singing the praises of his people. Like what we did this morning, we praise God even though he allows things to crush us, even though he thought these awful moments to happen in our life, we still give him praise. We still love and sing and declare his praises. And whatever you do, whatever, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I, think, I feel like I just skipped a few passages. So I would urge you to read through this it is so important. This, 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 this whole passage is so important because it talks about the way we're to live as Christ, to live you know, as chosen people, clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. It talks about the love and forgiving. It's so important that we walk with an unoffendable heart. We've talked about that before because people will hurt us. People will bring harm to our lives. It's, it, Jesus warns us about this. He's like, people will take you, steal your cloak. They'll sue you for your cloak. They'll slap you on the cheek. They're going to treat you this way. How will they treat me? They're probably going to treat you just the same. But he's like, no, but don't take heart in that. Take heart in me, for I'm giving you peace. I'm, I'm calling you this. I have the peace that I can give you through the Holy Spirit. So let the message of Jesus dwell among you richly. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Let it be in you, in your language, in your speech, in your prayer life, and in your singing. We talk about praying and singing the word. Sing the word. Declare the praises. Like if you, I don't care what kind of voice you have. You can sing at home and no one will get mad at you. Because, I mean, hopefully nobody will get mad at you. Like Just sing. Find a room. Sing those praises. Sing the word back to him. Like, Lord, this is who you are. Because there's something vulnerable about singing something you're not like reading. You're just, when you read the word, you're like, okay, Lord, it says this about you. It says, you know, when we talk about Psalm 51 this morning, when we read through, like you sing those to the back to him, like, Lord, search me. I, I'm thinking of Psalm 139. Search me and know me. Lord, search me and know me. It, I don't know. It doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be structured. It doesn't have to have a chorus and a bridge. It just sing it to him. Declare it to him. Be uncomfortable with him because he doesn't care. He likes your voice. He likes who you are. He chose you. He wants to hear from you. Because it encourages us to do this. Ephesians 5, 18 through 20. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. 
Because, right, drunk, I mean, the thing is, when we take our cares to drinking, I'm again, nothing, it's not me preaching against drinking. This is me saying, don't take your heart, your sadness, your sorrows to drink because it is not going to fix you. It's not going to heal you. He said, instead, sit with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Guard your heart so you can actually sing from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus. Man. John 14, 25 through 27. This is Jesus. He's talking. He's like, all this I have spoken while still with you. Because he's talking about his passing. He's talking about his resurrection. He's talking about things are going to get harder. I'm going to go away. But it's better that I go away because you will have something. He said, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. And peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to those as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid, but declare his praises. Come, don't be afraid. Let the peace of Christ dwell in you richly and declare his praise. For the spirit of God gave us not to, does not make us timid, right? Because like when we, again, the victim mentality wants us to make us timid, afraid, step back, shrink back. But he's like, no, step out. Come to me boldly. Don't become timid because I didn't give you a spirit of fear, but I gave you a power of, I gave you a spirit of power of love and of self-discipline or of God's spirit of power. I'm reading a different passage, a different version of it. That's a little different. Okay. Uh, this must be ESV versus NIV. So um, he gave us a spirit of not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. So from that place, we aren't timid anymore. We don't shrink back and become the victim, but rather we have the Holy Spirit who gives us power, love, and self-discipline. We aren't overcome by circumstances and heartache. We have been given the Holy Spirit who gives us what we need. We boldly come to our Father in heaven who sees our pain, who hears our cry, and he comes and he delivers us. We come to God with thanksgiving in our hearts because of what he can, what he has, and what he will do. This is why we give thanks. This is the last passage here, 2 Corinthians 1, 30 through 11. And praise, praise be to the God, our Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. This is why we take hold and then we say, Lord, thank you, because this is who you are. We talked about this before, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves received from God, Christ, from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we're distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And this is why I love it. This is not circumstantial. This is, man, this is hard. He's going to share why. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure. He's like, this isn't circumstantial because he's giving thanks, but it's not circumstantial. 
We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. They gave up. Like, we're dead. There's no hope. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened so that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He who has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope, and that he will continue to deliver us. As you help us by your prayers, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Man, God does this. He allows circumstances to come and to arise so that he's like, I want to remind you, it's not about what you can do and your ability to hang on for dear life and say, if I could just grit a little harder, I can survive the circumstance. He's like, no, there's going to be a moment where you're going to despair of life itself. You're going to be like, there's no way out. There's no way through. How do I do this? How do I give thanks in this Lord? How is there any worthy of praise? How is there anything? He's like, no, but I'm doing this so that I can remind you it's not about you. It's about who we set our hope on. I go back. It happens so that we not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead, who gives us hope, who is the God of peace. He's like, that's why we give thanks. It's not because life changed, our death sentence is done. He's like, no, I just want you to know, even if you do die, even if you do endure, if you are about to lose it, he's like, still trust me, still give me praise, still look at me. I will give you the comfort. I will deliver you. That's why we can praise God because eventually Paul did not live. They still were martyred. He was still martyred, but then at the same time, he's still giving praise to the Lord. This is his lifestyle. He's like, I know you'll deliver me. And even if you don't, like, just like Daniel, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, even if he doesn't, we still will walk in this way. We still will trust the name of the Lord. We'll still walk in this way. This is a lifestyle that I want to live in. I want to walk in. I want to understand in my heart, but it's something that's very challenging to me. So as I've been praying through this and just reading through this, I'm not saying I've mastered this. And please, please, Lord, help me to walk in, in unity with this, but so I don't know. I, I've I've shared a lot. There's been 45 minutes of a lot of talking. Um, what are some thoughts? Because I know Mary, you shared some. Yeah, Barb. I have several thoughts. Could you <laughs> put the Philippians one, the very first one, up on again? Yes. It's, actually, H. Do you want to do that? Uh, Philippians, the for, uh, it's a. Uh, the very first Philippians 4, 4 think, through 9. Yeah, second. I forgot. Anyway, I think it's important when it says rejoice always. It's important that rejoice is not an emotion. That's not an emotion. It's not saying feel happy all the time. Yes. That's not possible, first of all. Scripture actually says there's a time to rejoice and a time to mourn. There's a time to dance and a time to weep. You don't. You know, lose your spouse and go, I'm so happy. No, that's not what God created us to be. It's not, God is not saying here, just be happy all the time. That's not what rejoice always means. In fact, the word rejoice is, um, I'm probably going to say this absolutely wrong. It's X-A-I-R-O. And it means, it's a combination word. And 
it really means to delight in God's grace. Mm. So in the midst of what's going on, you recognize that God is still gracious, that God is with you, that God loves you no matter, even in the midst of the suffering that he's there. You know, I can stand at my husband's funeral and I could say, thank you, God, that, that Thomas is with you. Thank you, God, that he knew you and he's resurrected with you and that I don't have to worry about what's going on with him. Because he's fine, <laughs> you know that there are, and like you said, there's always things. It says we thank him and we give it to him, and he gives us that peace. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we'll get the joy eventually, but that rejoice is not an emotion, and that's really important to understand. He's not telling us flog yourself until you feel happy. That is not how it's supposed to work, and it isn't how it works. It's but yeah. we do find that peace and that joy when we. Over time, when as we give him thanks and and in the, and give the thing to him, then then the peace comes. Man, oh, that's a really good point. Man, it's so. Um, thank you, Barb, for me. Yeah, just yes, that was a. I, there's nothing more to be said about that. There's just it was so important because it it's something that we can't we can't will ourselves to feel joyful. I wish we could. I wish we could. Sometimes it seems like it'd be nice, but it's just, it's that grace, that enduring grace. He just walks us through our trials and our sufferings. And, and there is that peace. It's doesn't, it's not full in the joy, but it's, man, it, there is that sense of peace, that rest in your heart. Like I'm resting in you. I have nowhere else to go. I really, I mean, it's like the disciples, like, where else can we go? I have nothing. We've seen it all. You're the only one. You're the only one that has the word alone. That, that's that, that total reliance on God's word, his, his relationship. And it's like, because it, again, I, suffering can produce so much awful things out of us. It can, especially when we're mostly in love with God, but we start adding things to the mix. And we say, well, I'm going to add this and God. And it's like, no, him first, him only. Him first, him only. It can't, you can't add, well, I'm going to just add this and this will make me feel better. Like, and then it leads to spiritual. I, it, there's a slippery slopes of spiritualism. These things that we let, and I've, I've seen it happen so many times to so many brothers and sisters in Christ that are walking. I don't even know where they're walking anymore because they allowed spiritualism and these meditative things. He's like, no, but like, bring it to the Lord. Bring it to the Lord. Like, no, I'm giving myself permission to do this. It's like, no, don't permit yourself to do that because that's counter to what God says in his word. It's like, don't permit your, yeah, yes, be angry, but do, don't sin. Be angry and bring it to the Lord in prayer. It's like, no, but I want to be gentle. I want to be remain gentle. I want to remain, remain tender, even though right now I am so in pain. It's that, it's that bringing it to him because when we become rigid and angry and forget to bring it to him like he isn't going to take it, like he isn't going to take care of you. He isn't going to walk you through it. And again, like you won't feel that immediate tenderness, but the Lord does make you tender. He makes you sweet. He said, but guard your hearts. It's like the, he's talking about the soil. He's like, don't remain hardened. Remain good soil so that I can, when I, my plant, word is planted in you, it will grow. Remain tender till that ground. Don't let anything in. If there's other things that creep in, like, no, I'm sorry. That doesn't match up to your word. 
This sounds nice. It sounds like something good to feel good, but it's not. It's it's not your word. It's not your by your spirit. It's not your character. It looks and sounds nice to the world. It's palatable, but it's not true. So, man, taking that Lord because it is. It will not. It will produce that stuff. Will produce short, short fruit, but quickly snuffed out. It will seem like fruit, but it will quickly be snuffed out by the weeds that you've allowed in your life. He's like, no, only me. Trust me. I've got you. I love that. Like, I don't know. I have nothing more to say because I, I, I think, especially from you, Barb, it's, I love how you've carried your heart. Like, I, I, I can't, exp- I've experienced loss in my own life, but there's just so much loss that's wrapped up in it. It's not perfect and that's not easy. But I'm just grateful for the grace and the mercy that you've walked in and it's only been by his hand, and you're exemplifying that by, and Laura, you too, I just, I think about are just these beautiful women of Christ that I just can't believe I get to walk with you and see these moments in life, but praise God for that, because I get to see you guys walk in tenderness, mercy, not letting the enemy win in this circumstance, because it seemed like the enemy should have won by anybody's standard, but it's like, no, but God got the win. He got the glory. He is being glorified in your lives as you walk with him. And that's our desire is to say, God, get the glory. Get the glory in all these circumstances because this is broken and wretched. I hate this, but God, get the glory in this. Bring beauty from ashes on this situation. So I just want to pray with you. I just, I know some of us find this a challenge. I find it a challenge completely. But I just want to ask, just if you want to stand, I'm just going to pray for you for a few minutes. I'm just going to ask a few questions and, and then we're just going to pray. So is there... Do you find this challenging? Yeah. Has there been any circumstances that you haven't let go to God and let him rule those situations? What's God calling you to do now? <laughs>